All right, so hey everybody, this is James and Marco, and this is the Movie Pals podcast. <laughs> it's the Movie Past, the Movie Pals podcast number one thirteen, and Marco and I are here in person today in the nude. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a, it's been a long time. We have a loosey goosey episode for you guys. Just a bit. Nabil is um, out for his birthday, so everybody wish Nabil a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Nabil. Happy birthday. Happy Movie Pal birthday. Um, speaking of Lucy Goosey, James and I are also sipping on some Brewski Wooski. Uh, oh, yeah, mine is so. from Original Pattern, and it's called Mystic Oasis, a hazy IPA. Mine is Blue Notes Peach and Chong. It's a peach kettle sour. These are our remnants that were provided to us by Rustwater <laughs> back in April. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we thank you. Uh, we appreciate you. Um, no, we didn't kill all those beers in one take because that would make us alcoholics. alcoholics yeah, yeah, definitely. That's bad. So, yeah, That's we are. Um, this is us now. Oh, this is how uh, and just as a heads up, we are actually not reviewing Licorice Pizza, as we had originally called it out last week. Nope. Because it is limited release. It's not coming out, out here until the 24th, actually, Christmas Eve. So, I mean, mo- I'm pretty sure we're going to be catching it regardless. But, unfortunately, we are not reviewing this week. We are, will be reviewing the new Joaquin Phoenix film, Come On, Come On. So Surprise. We're going to switch it up a little bit today, too, with how we do our what we're watching. We have a little topic of the week. Whoa. Where we're just basically going over are kind of like what's left in the films of 2021 and or what films that we still want to watch because you know as the you ones know, we care about because there were a few we really don't give a shit about so yeah and i mean we do have our yearly um best of coming up too in the next two podcasts so we do like to be ready for you guys for that so we like to be semi-prepared i guess sort of kind of yeah i would say so so we at least at least we tried, and you're like they didn't even watch this. Like I know. Primarily, so, we, we like to work in mystery. You guys don't know what we're gonna bring you. Yeah. Well, I mean, next one's pretty easy to figure out, but yeah. All right. So without further ado, let's get into uh, what we've been watching. Hey, what you watching? Okay, so. This is going to be quite a short list because we are obviously missing a member. Can you can take a guess who it is. We've already mentioned it, but if you get it right this yeah, if time. If you don't remember, of course. Um, <laughs> you could win or... a spot as a guest on the pod. Look at that. It's our next, uh, next yeah. person. But um, we are switching it up a bit this week, though. We're going to go back and forth, actually, just to mix it up since there's only two of us today. Playing a little bit of patty cake here with mm-hmm. our what we're watching. So a little uh, you show me, I show you. You know, back and forth. Just the tip, just to start. Then we'll go from there. Janelle's like, I don't want you guys coming back to my house to record anymore. Sorry. <laughs> we're banned from the studio. I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right, so um, who's starting it out then? How about you go first, Marco? Me? You never oh, get to I go know. first. Yeah, it's true. Unless your audio is fucking up at home. That's the only time. So, <laughs> Touche. Okay, I'll start it up. Yeah, I will start with the 2019 crime drama, Queen and Slim, that stars uh, Daniel Kaluuya as Slim and Jodie Turner-Smith as Queen and... They actually do have real names in the movie, but uh, I can't remember what they were. They're actually in the matter. end credits. Yeah. So, um, but that's um, that is their pseudocytum because um, of events that unfold in the movie. But basically, the movie is about uh, uh, like a first date, a first Tinder date to be exact, that goes bad when um, the couple is is stopped for a traffic violation by a cop and it it turns violent and it leads into a Bonnie and Clyde-esque situation when where they're kind of fleeing from the law yeah and become these outlaws and a love story springs from this um did you like it 
I loved it actually. I I've been sitting on this movie for quite some time. Obviously, yeah. it came out in 2019. We had James talk about it on here. We had a guest talk about it on here, and I was lucky enough to watch it on our shared Vudu, and yeah. uh, it was it's been chilling there. And I was like, you know what? Today is going to be the day. I liked it too. Yeah, uh, I watched it with my brother, and uh, man, it was. It's a beautiful movie. It's it's uh, well written. Uh, the dialogue is realistic. It's believable. the The chemistry between Kaluuya and Turner Smith is great. You you actually believe that their relationship is growing and and maturing naturally and organically. It's kind of it's kind of a cool concept. I mean, spoiler slightly, I guess. I mean, the movie's been out for a while. Yeah, we're gonna we might spoil this. A but little they kind of I won't talk about the ending, but. They, they actually are like near the end of the day, kind of like this didn't work out, you know. And they're kind of like this is yeah. it. And then they're they're forced into a situation where they start learning more about each other. And that's kind of right? cool. Yeah, kind of like a, a sadistic metaphor for marriage, I guess, in a way. But no, I, I'm just kidding. But I, you I can force your way force your way through it, and then eventually, you guys will learn to love. <laughs> yeah, you'll find something love. you like. They'll learn to no, love but, each other. But it, it was just great. The cinematography is amazing. It's really oh well done. Oh, my God. Yeah. Such great shots. The music and the score helps out, too. Yeah. Uh, everything about that is fire. There's there's almost not a bad thing about the movie. It's it's quite long. It's like in two hours and 15 minutes or so long. If anything, I think it's like 20 minutes too long. They could have ended a little bit. Kind of, but there's there's really nothing that that I would want taken out i mean they could but everything just works out yeah. you know kind of great uh, i i probably like towards the end it kind of slows down a little bit but that's that's totally fine yeah. the social commentary too is not over the top it's interwoven in the story it makes sense and the ending is super predictable but it works and it and you yeah. and you still end up like loving the movie or at least i did i don't know so that's my first one that i started off with hopscotch time okay. yeah let me shoot it over to James. What have you been watching, reading, or playing, sir? So I actually went and saw the new Ridley Scott film right before Thanksgiving, actually. All right, it's... cool. Let me put you on pause. I'm going to go fall asleep. <laughs> you can talk about this one. No, oh, great. The bill's back. Um, so I saw House of Gucci. Nice. And I thought it was okay. I didn't love it. It's basically it's loosely based on true events about uh patrizia reggiani or reggiani sorry they're all italian (laughs) played by lady gaga and how she kind of she marries into the gucci family so adam driver's character is maurizio gucci and he's you know he doesn't want anything to do with his family and then you know they eventually fall in love but it it it's a little heavy-handed because it is told by a perspective of making patrizia look i mean well I don't want to ruin it, but like she's kind of nuts, right? So like she's very okay. much. How can I say this without sounding like a dick? Most rich people are nuts. Okay. Well, no, she's not rich though. Like she's very poor leading into it, but she's oh. she's kind of money hungry, and she leads into this life, and she gets kind of engulfed in it. I'd say that's where it kind of leads into. So they're kind of painting her in a bad way. Yeah, but truthfully, she probably deserves it, especially by the end. You're like, holy fuck! So. Uh, it also stars Jared Leto, where a lot of people aren't liking his performance. Some people love his performance. Some people don't. He's basically Mario. <laughs> There's so many memes. Like they're like, "How did uh, Jared Leto prepare for the movie by reading the script?" Like, wait, what? That's it? <laughs> I here's the thing, though. I'm gonna tell you this right now. <laughs> I actually thought he was okay. He's he's really funny. So in a way, he's kind of he's kind of like a slapsticky kind of a sorry Bailey's he doesn't like the laughter he he agrees yeah it, like he's kind of comedic relief in a way I guess you know you know that uh, that old Family Guy episode where where Peter thinks he can speak Italian he's just making noises it's basically like that I made a bit of pizza a pizza he's just like beepity bop a bop a boop a bee bop a boops yeah so in a way kind of like that. That's so fucked up. And I thought Lady Gaga kind of overacts in this movie. Oh, uh, truth be told, I didn't really like her because I really liked her in A Star Is Born. And in this one, she it seems like she's trying too hard, Marco. Like, 
it's like I don't know, man. She's just trying to. You can tell. Yeah. Like, oh, like this was a much, in a way, a bigger film. The budget looks like it's insane too, because they're all in these locations in Italy and Rome, and like it's like, holy fuck, man, this is crazy, right? So, and you know, Al Pacino's really good in it, though. He's in the movie. He um, is. Yeah. Oh shit. All He's one of the cast. Gucci. It's got a. This cast is amazing. It, the only issue, my big biggest issue, is that. The movie is like two hours and 40 minutes long. And it is just fuck, Classic man. Ridley, Ridley Scott. Scott. <laughs> He's like, go fuck yourself. Because the last duel was like the same amount of time too. Which I liked probably he's, better than this, truth be told. but He's blaming uh, smartphones and social media for the failures of his films, apparently. Um, I mean, I don't blame him. I, I can't ever talk mess about Ridley Scott. He's made some of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Yeah, no, he, he's yes, he and he's like really eighty five fucking years old. Like this is basically like your grandfather. You got it. Okay, thanks for giving us Alien. We're fine. It's right? okay. He's like I made Alien. All these youngsters are like fuck him. I'm like, do you know what he's made? He's, he's allowed. Like, I made Gladiator. Yeah, he's allowed to at this point, sir. So, um. Overall, though, it's probably going to get some Oscar noms. I can almost guarantee it. So, it's got that vibe. So, but I mean, for the like I said, though, I think it's still worth a watch. It's probably going to be on some people's list for. It's it's got a lot of. I'm interested. It's got a a lot of good one liners too. I'll give it that much. I almost took my mom to go see it. She might like it. Yeah, but I think it's probably going to be available on VOD soon. Because, like, The Last Duel is on VOD now. So, like... Oh, really? Yeah. And it might be a better watch in your home for this one, but... Because it's a long-ass I'm, I'm curious about The Last Duel. I'm not going to lie. I liked it a lot. So, I thought, I, okay. I think I talked about it two pods ago, but... Oh, yeah. You did. Yeah. That one, uh, that's a good one. I tuned you out. Yeah. Ben Affleck, still, ben Affleck still is a show in that movie. Just let you know. <laughs> uh, so, right back at you, Marco. What else have you been <laughs> Oh, that's it. We can skip. Oh, he's kidding. Me, <laughs> just you kidding. Just no, no, no. What about you, Nabil? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Nabil? Oh, Hello? no. Crickets. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, the next movie I saw was uh, a newer one. came out in 2021. It's the horror film Censor. And this one stars, I don't know how to pronounce her name, Niam Algar. Anyway, she's she's in an HBO TV series that I talked about on here called Raised by Wolves. Oh, really? That's the only other property I've seen her in. She's been in other stuff, too, I think, but she's got a familiar face. Anyway, uh, this one was recommended, actually, by uh, a friend of the pod, Carlos, and uh, he recommended it to me like a few months ago, and now I'm finally getting to it. So I will listen to your recommendations. I may not get to them right away like James will, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't always get to them, but I, I, I throw them on a list. Okay. That's yeah. So, so this movie is about uh, a film censor who sees or thinks she sees her missing sister in a controversial film that she's reviewing for her job, and then she seeks out the creator, the or the filmmaker for answers to that, and. That's basically the gist of the plot without giving yeah. much else I, away. I would, I would mention, too, it is take place during the video nasties of the 80s, too, which is like a... Yeah, 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 it does take place during the 80s. It's a lot of yeah. <clears throat> a lot of VHS tapes and uh, video rental stores. weird shit, yeah. So if you, were, if you were born, like, after the 90s, you're like, what the fuck is this? Why, why is yeah, she there? Yeah, Britain had a huge thing, where, especially in Britain, where they banned hundreds and hundreds of titles. Because of yeah. violence, score, sex, all this stuff. So yeah, they thought that uh, that's what was creating violence because you know, fuck education. Anyway, uh, the movie's all right. It's not great. I didn't. I didn't like it. <laughs> Did you see my yeah, review? No, I, I didn't I like, like it either. I, um, I I saw this with Good Company, and we both didn't like the movie. And you can guess what happens based on flashbacks and dialogue, like. You can kind of piece together Dude, sort of what's it, happening. I thought it was super apparent, but people were like, I can't. I mean, it's artistically shot kind of cool, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's a got indie film written all over it, but it's done horrible. 200%. Like, it, it, it is not likable at all. Like, you don't sympathize Dude, with yeah, her. Dude, yeah, yeah. And you don't care about her story. They make no connection between her and her, stor- her sister other than flashbacks. And even those aren't enough to really captivate you or and even then there's hints in the like first 10 minutes of the movie like 
Yeah, it's like something's oh, okay. not quite right with the character. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. They <laughs> even mention they talk about it and they circle around it and they're basically pointing at it. And you're like, okay, that's. that's and then by that point, I was like, I got an hour and twenty minutes left. I was like, Fuck, dude, here we yeah. Go. The movie also drags on for an hour and twenty four minute movie when she's investigating like the filmmaker and trying to find him and looking at the movie over and over again and obsessing. It doesn't catch your attention, and you're just like, can we just fucking end this? Place? She makes a lot of choices too that like are kind of annoying, in my opinion. Yeah, and you can tell it's because her her mental health is is deteriorating. Is deteriorating but yeah. they do a really bad job. They make it annoying and not sympathetic at all. And it's just like, uh, are are you guys gonna do a better job at addressing this shit? Yeah, no, and I mean, when you can't care about a character, it really it, it makes an hour, even an hour twenty four minute movie drag, in my opinion. Exactly. I don't care about the mystery either while I'm watching no. this. I'm just like, okay, I just don't care. I kind of figured it out already. Now I just want this to end. The ending is kind of cool, the, the way it's done and filmed, but it's predictable and there's no payoff to it. So, um, Sorry, Carlos. This is a horrible recommendation. <laughs> I can't, I can't uh, recommend this to anyone, not even horror buffs. Um, skip this one. I rented it on uh, Amazon. I regret it. That's the worst four bucks I've ever spent. It's on year. Hulu. Was it? Yeah. Shit. That's where I saw it. I saw it for free 50, boy. <laughs> I have Hulu too. So uh, I paid for something that I did not need to pay for. Um, yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. You paid for this? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I didn't. The person I was watching would pay for it. So uh, I lost in their account. So I'll Venmo you back the cash. Um, so I shouldn't say I paid for it. I misspoke. I didn't pay for shit. Anyway, that was my second film. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say a little tip. If you, I mean, I know a lot of people have you know, either iPhones or um, Android devices. But if you ever go and search a movie under the Apple TV app, uh, it'll tell you if it's on a streaming service that you already own. Just let you know. So, you know what? I did do that and it didn't pull it up. Yeah. It's on right now. So it shows it right here. James Um, just started the movie right now. (laughs) Bro, we're recording. Please put it down, dude. Please. (laughs) Please don't it up. Please. (laughs) It's a horrible movie. All right. So back to me here. I also saw another movie here. I, I was going to talk... I mean, I'm going to mention it just for two seconds here. Okay. Because there's not, there's not too much to talk about it, but Encanto. I saw the new uh, Disney animated film. And, Are you um, mentioning this movie because you're doing the pod with me? Yeah, basically. I'm <laughs> like, son t- of a bitch. Just going to toss it to you here. No, but I, all I'm going to say about that is it's wonderful. Go and see it with your family. It's great music, great story. But the real movie I want to talk about is, uh, because we're making shit sandwiches here, uh, Resident <laughs> Evil... <laughs> Welcome to Raccoon City. So we're going to start strong, put a little poop in there, and end it with another, like a compliment sandwich, right? Yeah. Nice little compliment. So I saw this movie with Mikey, and at one point I had to go use the restroom, and I came back like four minutes later, and I still didn't miss anything. And Hold on, wait. I almost James. didn't come back. James, did, did you watch this in theaters? Yeah. <laughs> this is only in theaters, man. What are you talking about? How do you think I saw this? <laughs> was it supposed to come out on Netflix? No, you're mixing things up, buddy. Netflix has a uh, TV show coming out. Oh, that's right. Not, not this one. This is about this is a mix of the first two Resident Evil games into one story. Fuck. And it's a bad idea. I hated the entire fucking time I was watching this movie. It's like Claire Redfield played by Kaya Scodelario. Who is actually the probably the best character in the whole movie? She actually embodies the character, in my opinion, of Claire Redfield, and she basically shows up to they they mix up the plot, so it's kind of like she's searching for her brother Chris, played by Robbie Armell, who is a dead ringer for his looks. Don't get me wrong, but it's just the movie's terrible, right. and they're off into the Spencer Mansion, and meanwhile there's a zombie outbreak going on because they're trying to get rid of Raccoon City. Umbrella's trying to blow it up. Blah blah blah. Long story short. It's bad. It's like it's so bad. I I don't understand that when they have basically the plots written out for them and it's actually good. I don't know. They, they, they should have just it. done like first movie is the first game. Yeah. Okay. Basically. Let's not like overdo it. Like too many characters, man. There's like seven characters. You get to the point where you're like Jill's in this movie and she's like a side, like a background character practically, which is weird to say. But I mean, I'll give it this much. It does set the mood right a few times in the movie. Mm. There's a particular scene where Chris is in the mansion and the lights go out and all you see are like the flashes of his gun shooting off and him struggling and like lighting a lighter. It's the best sequence. I'm like, 
who did this sequence? Because they should have been able to do this the whole movie. Like, I actually jumped in that part. I was like, holy fuck. Like, only time. Like, damn. It was actually well done. That's why I was like, this could have been like the scene they shot for like to get the money to, for this thing or something. Like, Leon's terrible in this one. He's like a totally different kind of character. But I get it. They're trying to get the whole rookie mentality. And then eventually, uh, in another sequel, he kind of gets better and better and a badass, right? I guess. True. But even as a rookie in the second game, he was still like a badass. And, too. And, yeah, exactly. He's a capable. He like, shows the early person. signs of being like, hey, I'm a character that you should look out for because. I kick a ass. So yeah. you can, James and I love this franchise. We're yeah. huge fans of it, and so this is why it's. It was disappointing to yeah. say the least. It feels rushed. They they should not have combined both of them. If anything, like two and three happen simultaneously. You know, that's kind of yeah. how it works. <laughs> they they have everything written out. There's there's. There's literally six or seven games now that they could literally adapt into movies, and and they would. Be they would kill so that's man that's just sad was wesker in it yeah it's played by tom hopper who i actually like from um i know he's from umbrella academy but i know mostly from black sales a Mm -hmm. excellent pirate show by the way that's uh went on for four seasons but his character is not wesker from the games either but once again you don't have to exactly be like that like there's some aspects of him i actually liked but man there's it was a total miss for me, man. I God. it was only like an hour and forty five minutes too, and I was like, "This is too long." Like, I was like, <laughs> oh man, for both games too. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because some things, like I said, do look nice. Like when they get to the mansion, it's cool, but then you don't see enough of it. And then like the police station, you only see really the beginning of the police station, and it's it's like a lot of missed opportunity. It feels almost rushed. I'm like, how is this rushed? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, unfortunately, I would not recommend this one. And they still just have not, for some reason, have not figured out the Resident Evil formula, which is, like Marco said, it seems so easy because just copy the game, right? Yeah, it's right there. But people it's, are like, nah, we good. We're going to have our own thing. You you can watch the whole game on YouTube and be like, oh, shit, just copy this. That's it. Or truthfully, that's probably a better route to take at this point. <laughs> Just watch someone like stream that shit and be like, all right, I got the story down. I don't need yep. to watch a movie. And Marco, you have one more, right? I do. To uh, cap off our uh, little shit sandwich there, I watched the 2021 drama slash biopic King Richard starring Will Smith as Richard Williams. And basically the movie is the... The story of tennis superstars Serena and Venus Williams' father and um, how his upbringing shaped their careers. That's pretty much the gist of it, if you haven't seen the trailer. Uh, I liked it. It was enjoyable. It was touching. It uh, was well told. Will Smith performs really well as uh, Richard Williams. His mannerisms and the way he speaks, like, like, I don't know much about... Richard Williams, I, I've you're never. Like, you're like, I hope that's how he sounds. Yeah, well, they they do show some like actual footage and stuff, and he really does speak. Yeah, like, it's like, like Will Smith portrayed himself. The end, yeah, so I'm assuming he got his all, all his mannerisms and everything correctly, because apparently they they did a lot of like home videos back in the day of sh- showcasing Serena and Venus and and their talents. So they had a lot of uh, archival footage to go off. But he he does a great job. Uh, I think that Sonia uh, Sidney and Demi Singleton do great jobs as a young Venus and, and Serena. You, you believe their bond. You believe they're, th- that they're a family, their unit. You you believe the relationship between them and their father. I love how uh, Richard is is well balanced. He's he's flawed. You know, he's not perfect, and it, despite that, like he's he's loving nevertheless, and he's sympathetic and you you see why he why he does what, what he does even if you may not agree with it and there, there there are times where you might disagree but uh it's 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 truthful and honest it's not over the top hollywood some of the dialogue is kind of hollywood I mean, but do we want separate movies sir <laughs> this is the most heavy-handed film i've seen all year uh it was i li- I, I liked it i saw it with my mom she really enjoyed it and i think that had a lot to do with it she was I mean, I, I saw while, this so. too because it's it's currently on HBO Max until December nineteenth. So, yeah. um, I liked it too. I mean, it it is a bit glamorized, apparently, according to recent reports as well, with uh, Serena and 
Venus's half sisters coming forward saying this is a load of shit. So oh damn, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're like our dad left us. <laughs> like oh okay, all right. So oh. I mean, take it with a grain of salt. I mean, I watched it just for the entertainment. I thought it was cool. Will Smith does a really good job. Hope he gets an Oscar nom for it. I thought it was really well done. And uh, Shane from The Walking Dead has a mustache. So yeah. Well, that kind of... Well, girls, we're going to get tennis ball here. Right? <laughs> I did no research watching this movie. I went in blind, so I don't know. Maybe when I read up on it, it'll change my opinion of it. For now, It didn't I change my it. opinion. I still, like I said, I watched it just for entertainment, and I I'm thought it was a good story. I'm for realism, and if something is portrayed inaccurately, I shit on it, because I'm like, fuck that, dude. Yeah, I mean, Serena I mean, and Venus uh, uh, were like executive producers, so I mean... True, but you can have executive producer rights and not have a say in the movie. I think just they because had they all got write-offs on the story too. Yeah, from whatever for money, right? So. Yeah, but that doesn't just necessarily mean shit, dude. I mean, they could just. Oh no, no! I'm just saying they look good. Yeah, they could pull Everyone a fast one on you, and then. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, it's Hollywood, dude. It's all business, baby. Uh, truth be told, I thought it was entertaining, though. I, I like the message overall. So. I like it so far, but we'll see. We'll see how I feel when I read up on it. I was like, fuck this shit. God damn it. I got swindled. Again. No, I'm just kidding. Give it a shot if you have HBO Max. It's brand new. Check it out. Yeah. Forge your own opinion. Figure it out yourself. Let me end my sandwich now. Yeah. Now we go back to James. I don't know which one I want to talk about. So much bad ones. (laughs) We're making the sandwich, remember. So I went... And rewatch the Amazing Spider-Man two with my niece and nephew. And nice. you know what? I don't think it's that bad of a movie. Oh, uh, Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I don't think it's that bad. Rewatching it now, years out outside of it, there's a lot of like good in the movies too, and there's a lot of like cheesiness. But the birthday cake. Okay. Uh, what? <laughs> the birthday cake. I remember. What, what, oh, Jamie, with the- Electro. Yeah, but that's just his character. I mean, yeah, the plot is dog shit for the most part. But man, I can't deny that the action sequences look good. The swinging in this film look really good. Like Andrew Garfield's character arc of Peter Parker works really well. I thought he was actually a really good Peter Parker. So Yeah, I agree. I haven't seen the movie in a while, but I yeah. from what I remember, yeah, he was a solid Peter Parker. His Spider-Man wasn't that bad. I don't think it's that bad. And I mean, spoiler alert, if you haven't, you know, no offense, it came out seven fucking years ago, but the death of Gwen Stacy's hands down the best acted fucking Spider-Man, like five minute period in any motion picture up to this point. If you don't shed a tear in that scene, you're not fucking human. Dude, it's rough. I was watching it. I got like goosebumps. I was like, oh, fuck. No, it still hits, dude. Even though you know what's going to happen, it still hits, dude. It's it's one of the best. Yeah, I agree. One of the best Spider-Man scenes ever made. Just him like screaming and crying is like you don't see that from anyone else. Is like holy shit, nope. dude! It's like really dramatic. And, and I, I mean, I rewatch. I've rewatched everything. As you know, as the rumor says, maybe by the time you hear this, who knows? No way home might. You know, we might be seeing all of them. So I was like, you know what? I want to rewatch them all. I went through all the Tobey Maguire movies. Just finished all the amazing. Just started up on the Tom Wait, Holland ones. So you saw Spider Man three? Yeah. You know, Venom not that bad. Just say it. Hey, I'm going to say this much. Spider-Man 3 is still not that bad either, by the way. Yeah. The whole... T- I, like I told the, you. I remember, grew, I, remember I, I grew up on that stuff, ago? though, too, to a point, so... I, I, Dude, I, for a minute, said Topher Grace's Venom was better than the Venom movie. Uh, why would you do that? <laughs> uh, well, I notoriously hate those fucking movies, so, I mean... I yeah probably I mean you shit. fall asleep at the first one so yeah I mean I was falling asleep in the second one too so <laughs> dude, <me> too <laughs> I was like this is kind of fucking this is the same shit I was like dude this is just as bad as the first one. <clears throat> and as you know we reviewed that one so I yeah I didn't like it so fuck it um yeah so far I mean we're starting the Tom Holland ones now trying to get them both done before next Thursday so right on it looks like it will happen so, so rewatching them all just to get a fresh kind of like perspective plus. I don't think a lot of younger kids have seen the older ones. So, like, the references in the new one, I'm like, do you even know who Doc Ock is? Like, that's, like, from the other movie. Like, they probably like, think it's the first the time Doc time Ock is up. there. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, wow, they finally brought Doc Ock on the big screen. It's like, and Green Goblin, too. I'm like, no, these are the fucking normal people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Electro looks different now and shit, but there's a lot in that Amazing Spider-Man 2, just to bring it up, that, like, 
definitely in a way paved the way for like the Tom Holland Spider-Man. I'll say much. So yeah, yeah, a lot of trial and error. I would have, like I said, I it ends on a cliffhanger in a way. Like I would have loved to at least seen one more man. That's all. So that's and true. Maybe we does. will, right? Who knows? Oh, maybe you're talking bull- as far as spoiler. You're talking about that <laughs> weird ass guy that's in the basement looking at all the. I don't know who that is. The bad guys, yeah. the fucking shadow guy that's in the first movie, and he talks to uh, the <laughs> yeah. lizard, and then the second one he shows up, and he's. I mean, they were definitely going to do. He's got it. that deep voice. You're like, who is this? They guy? were definitely going to do a Sinister Six movie. So the future. They show like the vulture stuff, a dog ox stuff. So it's yep. like, dude, the the concept of it all was, I don't know. I heard the studio jumped in a lot on the second one, so. I, too, yeah, too much in one film. I think they should have let yeah. it breathe a little bit. Should have just focused on the main story. And just make it. it Electro, Green Goblin coming the next one. I don't know why they always try to force that down everyone's yeah. fucking neck. So yeah, you didn't have to have him turn to Green Goblin. Just have Harry. Have the, like the start of it. Like it yeah. seemed too soon, but I agree. Let's move on now, Marco, to our topic of the week. Ooh, okay. It's the topic of the week. Something we haven't done in quite some time. So 2021, some might say the return of movies. Some might say not quite there yet still, but <laughs> I think it's pretty much back, especially with uh, the ticket sales for Spider-Man right now are fucking insane. So insane, they're fucking up my ticket prices for The Matrix Resurrections because Disney still has a lockdown on how long IMAX movies can play. So regardless, though, a lot of movies came out this year. I just want to know, just a quick conversation between two friends, right? So, <clears throat> yeah. What movies have you not seen this year yet? That n- not not that haven't come out, that have come out that you haven't seen that you do want to catch before the end of the year? Oh, man, there's quite a few, man. I know I haven't seen. Well, we we talked about one already. Which one? The Last Duel. Okay, yeah, yeah. So That's there's a good one. there's one I haven't seen that one. Maybe, possibly, House of Gucci, maybe. I mean, if it if it hits for Oscar shit, you're probably going to have to watch it, too. So, it's like... Yeah, might as well get ahead of it. We don't have to worry about the Golden Globes this year, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Canceled. Oh, shit. Um, those are two good ones, though. So, uh, have you caught The Green Knight yet? That what? one, too. It's on VOD, I think, now. Yeah, definitely. It's yeah. On VOD. So, um, that... that- that, that is actually probably at the top of my list. That's maybe one of the most beautiful fucking movies I've seen, like, ever. Okay, chill. Um, I, there's a few that are on my list that have come out. The newest one was, like, Power, uh, Power of the Dog just came out on Netflix with Benedict Cumberbatch, the Western, which is supposed to be outstanding. Yeah. So. I haven't seen anything about it, so. Yeah, there's another one, I think, Titan, which is, like, a mystery, I think. It's okay. supposed to be fucking like kind of grotesque or some shit. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet, so still need to catch that. Um, like eight bit Christmas is one of the. I still want to see that. Uh, I actually want to see it too. My brother has been trying to get me to watch it, and I feel bad. I, Sorry, I, Robert. I, we'll watch I, it. And I know for the most part, it's probably going to be middle of the road. I haven't heard anything too crazy about it, but I mean, it's about two like a family trying to find a fucking Nintendo in the eighties. I'm like, that sounds up my alley. That, yeah, that's something we. Definitely live through, so yeah. Trying to find and, Nintendo's. Or Nintendo. Um, I still need to see Finch, man. The fucking Tom Hanks movie. I keep trying to watch it with my parents, and and I'm still waiting to watch it with them. That's why I haven't. I've seen the first like ten minutes, and I liked what I saw so far. Yeah, but it's definitely on my list of like, hey, can we fucking watch this? <laughs> I'd fuck with it. Yeah, yeah, it I'm looks cool. I, like I mean, Hanks. I have Apple TV, so I might as well. Check yeah, it out. fuck it, dude. And yeah. they ha- and Apple TV ten. I mean, if you haven't. I guess two of the Coda and Palmer are two movies that came out this year too that were fucking amazing, by the way. So Coda is probably one that I would watch because of hearing you talk about it. Yeah, Coda is really good. And then like I said, Palmer with Justin Timberlake is really, really it's a hard watch, but it I think it's worthwhile, for, especially for a lot of people. So Yeah, there's man, there's a lot I haven't seen that I would probably want to catch. But I mean you might as well just wait for them to come out on streaming or VOD. Yeah, so. no, and I think, I mean, a lot of these are kind of set up like that, too. What about movies that are to come, though? What are the, like, we only have a few weeks left uh, with the um, year. What is some movies coming up, though, that you definitely want to see other than Licorice Pizza? I know. By the way, it is available, like, in L.A. and New York, by the way. So we're, we're just not in the right area. 
So if we were the movie pals in the Los, the SoCal <laughs> yeah. district, SoCal pals, I'll tell you right now, we could have found that shit. So just to we let just you know. need to take a road trip to SoCal and go watch it, just to see Licorice Pizza. Yeah, so I was like, you dumbasses, it comes out in your spot in a week <laughs> and a half. Yeah, we wanted to be ahead of the game. We just want to review it so no one in our area can watch it. Uh, what else is coming out though? That other, uh, I mean, I'm assuming Spider Man. Well, I mean, we're gonna review them, so I might as well mention them. But yeah, Spider Man, hands down. And the Matrix, yeah, Matrix yeah. looks fucking fire, dude. I can't wait for the Matrix, man. Plus, when we were working in Moscone, we saw the helicopters filming. Yeah, so. they were actually filming scenes, yeah. and the streets were closed outside of Moscone, and even right by where I used to work, which is like, holy shit, dude. Yeah, so that was that was fucking awesome that we got to see that. That was years ago, by the way. <clears throat> yeah, they shot a lot of this in like 2019. I'm pretty sure. Right. So. Yeah. So. You know, very high. That's where they had the. Uh, that's where they they saw Keanu and fucking uh, eating Baskin Robbins at like Treasure Island or some shit. Yeah, right? he talked like to that. like a homeless Maryland. guy too. Yeah, he's just chilling out there because they're like, we're just filming a movie. Like, what yeah. the fuck, man? What are you filming there, big guy? Um, I have a few though that I still want to see. I'm gonna be catching uh, the West Side Story, uh, new version this Sunday. Generally, I gotta go catch that one. Yeah, you know, um, I'll probably wait for that to come on in VOD. I, I like Spielberg shit, man, so I'm like, fuck it. Uh, Don't Look Up is probably one of my more anticipated ones, though, because anything Leonardo DiCaprio's in, I like that a lot. It comes out on Christmas Eve, too. You know, that one, actually, yeah, I I would definitely want to check that out, too. Yeah, that one looks really fun. Uh, Red Rocket is another movie directed by Sean Baker, who did The Florida Project, which I really liked a lot. So uh, that's his new one, and it stars Simon Rex, which who's like a... Com- kind of a funny guy and mm. someone that I followed on social media for years. So it's kind of cool to see him getting like Oscar, like maybe not. So it's like, Holy shit. And, um, nightmare alley. Another one. Can't wait to see that. That's Guillermo del Toro's newest film. It's coming out the same day as Spider-Man. Cause they don't want to make money. <laughs> um, oh, see, so, yeah, I, uh, I haven't heard much about that one, but yeah, I'll apologize. I've heard it's great. So great. I already bought my tickets for it. Wow. Uh, the Tender Bar is another one coming out on Amazon uh, Prime, Prime Video. Sorry. Prime Video. Uh, it's with Ben Affleck. That one looks good, too. Um, it's, it's nice to see him getting back into, like, movie movies now, you know? Yeah. It's kind of nice to see that. And Get then outside of that... Acting chops back in there. Yeah, man. Other than Licorice Pizza, the last one that I am looking forward to, because it's been delayed, like, six times, is uh, The Kingsman. So, You know, yeah. Is that one even... That one's coming out this year, right? Yeah, it's coming out the same day as the Matrix Resurrections because they also don't want to make money. <sighs> Damn. I was like, you have to lay this much, and you're like, fuck it, release it. On the same day as the Matrix, though? They're like, I don't they, care. They want that 2021 release, baby, not 2022. No, I have a theory, just a side note. Uh, because the Kingsman and Nightmare Alley are both Fox movies, I think Disney's just like, just release and we don't give a fuck, dude. So they're like... They'll just eat it. Dump yeah. them. Like, fuck it. We're, they're technically releasing two movies in the same day, right? Spider-Man and that. Yeah. So, who knows? I they're mean... Gonna, they, well, they're going to make a killing with Spider-Man, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're like, yeah, who they're cares? Like, mm, it's fine. Go ahead, Guillermo del Toro. Even though you won Best Actor... No, Best Director, Best Picture. Go fuck right? yourself. It is kind of fucked up. He still struggles to get, like... He said he got he struggled to get funding for this movie. I was like, How? Like what the fuck? It's because his 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 ideas and his stuff are really out there. I think. Yeah. Because let's face it, Lady in the Water was fucking wild, right? Like whoa. So. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> Marcus, yeah. like, first five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, we're uh, we're entering this territory. All oh, right. So I shouldn't bring my young niece to the. Oh wow, sorry about that. Whoa. What's this movie rated? I'm sorry. He's, he's eating a lot. He's a lot of eggs. <laughs> fuck. All right, I so those are just one. some movies coming up, just to show you that we're normal, and there's things that we have on our list too that we just need to catch up on. So, yeah, it's gonna be a strong push uh, end of December though. There's a lot of a lot of good movies, and I mean the biggest two are definitely Spider Man and The Matrix. So, there, yeah, there have been so many delays this year that it's it's they're on my radar, but I'm like, sure, when they come out, I'll catch them when when they finally release. I know the big ones are coming out, so Spider Man's gonna be nuts. So. 
That's I mean, yeah, that one and the Matrix have been my primary focus. Oh yeah, those are like definitely the two. Anything else really, I can watch on streaming or VOD if they come out like that. But those two, I I want to watch the theater. I've heard Nightmare Alley is really cinematic, so that's why I'm I'm really excited for that one too. I need you to put your pants back on right now. All right, sorry. <laughs> All right, guys, so let's get into our review now of Come On, Come On. When you think about the future, how do you imagine it'll be? What will stay with you? And what will you forget? How will your city change? Will families be the same? Keeps asking me why we don't talk. You could tell him the truth. Mom died and got into all that weird stuff. That weird stuff of our entire lives. What scares you? Jesse! Where'd you go? What makes you angry? you feel lonely maybe we can just take this process slowly and see see how it feels you are just terrible at this oh man i'm trying <laughs> what makes you happy So, Come On, Come On it came out this year, sitting at a 96% Rotten Tomatoes. The IMDb description is, A radio journalist embarks on a cross-country trip with his young nephew. This is directed by Mike Mills, who... De- um, and this is why I found out I like this, too. I was like, I didn't even realize he made these fucking movies. He directed Beginners in 2010, and then 21st... Oh, no, sorry, 20th Century Women in 2016, which... No shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and both movies I love. So, like, especially 20th Century Women was, like, one of my top 10 films of the year, that year, too. That was such a good fucking movie. That is a great movie. So, he's very much into these emotional ones. It's written by him as well. This was released, uh, limited release, on November 19th, 2021 in theaters, too. So, this stars Joaquin Phoenix as Johnny, uh, Gabby Hoffman as Viv, Woody Norman as Jesse, and Scoot McNary as Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Yeah, sure, that's his name. <laughs> yeah. So I do want to go through it real quick here. But I, you know what? I wrote a whole thing on this, but we're going to do something different today. A little bit. Just a little bit. We're going to actually change. We're going to go through the whole movie right now. So this is spoiler alert. If you don't want to know about the movie, then don't listen to the rest of this. Just jump to the outro. So we're going to just kind of go through it like through the yaks of the film, and then we're going to just have our reactions. I just want to see how it works out. It's just me and Marco today. You want to see if this works out? And this is kind of one of those things like, hey, the bill's not here to log us down. So we're we have no rhyme or reason as to how this pod is going to go tonight. So for all we know, we might just record all night and it's just going to be our <laughs> longest episode ever. Who, who the fuck knows? So the movie starts out. Johnny is a radio journalist, right? And he mm-hmm. is traveling the country with his partners and they're interviewing children on kind of their thoughts of, in life, I guess. Right. Yeah, just getting their their opinions the of 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 life, their their meaning of it, and and what they want out of it, basically. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say this much: it's um, the movie's shot pretty uniquely too. It's shot in black and white, mm-hmm. um, kind of a bigger aspect ratio too. It kind of just gets you in the feels, like oh, you know, more of a personal kind of thing. But while he's out in Detroit, he gets a phone call from his sister Viv. And basically, we find out they have not talked for like the last year because yeah. their mother died and they had a big falling out, right? I like how they do it too. See, this is a movie that does a good job with the flashbacks. Where it does, yeah. You flashback to their mom who apparently is suffering from Alzheimer's, like dementia, yeah, or dementia, yeah. And uh, which man, which they got right, and it hit pretty hard when when they showed those scenes. But it it did a good job at like piecing everything together and and you realizing that oh okay this is the reason why they probably don't talk anymore they had very different um ways of how they wanted to deal with their mom like 
Johnny seems like he is more inclined to just kind of go with her kind of, you know, cause at this point she's very much so deep into dementia that she's kind of talking about getting her driver's license and her dad. And like, he's kind of entertaining it. And, mm-hmm. um, Viv, there's a scene where Viv is like, don't do that. And then he's kind of like, why not? You know? And I mean, truthfully, he's, like, he sort of just, yeah. Wants her to go as peacefully as peacefully possible. As possible and, yeah. And the sister, his sister wants, Viv wants her to be, living in in reality and she's kind of like after a a person that just doesn't exist anymore yeah and you do kind of find out eventually that she was kind of johnny was more of like a like a mama's boy i think like he was much closer to his mother than viv was so maybe that was kind of some of the animosity between the two of them because obviously you know the love was not spread too evenly between the two but um so this basically goes over a part where Johnny asks Viv cuz Viv is going through some shit basically to she has to travel to Oakland to Yeah, yeah, real represent. Yeah, I know. I was like, "Whoa, Oaktown." To care for her estranged husband, Paul, who uh is going through like a mental illness himself. Kind of, you see, he was abandoned by Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, when the, the towers fell. <laughs> when the, the towers Metropolis. when Superman destroyed us. <laughs> Just so you guys know, Scooby Area is featured heavily in Batman v Superman. So it was kind of hard to take him out of that role because yeah. he looks exactly the same. <laughs> I was like, they didn't even try to mix like, him up. He, he literally hasn't changed. And even, so I, I'm watching Narcos Mexico and he's in it. And, oh, uh, and it's even hard not to see him. He's in like Batman v Superman. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Sorry. So, Johnny asks Viv, basically, because uh, Viv has a son. His name is Jesse. Like, who's watching your son? And she's obviously in this kind of... Um, she's kind of in a position where she's... Didn't even, I feel like she didn't even think about it. <laughs> she's like, fuck, you're right. I have a kid. It, it, she's sort of... There's a lot going on. Yeah, she's got a lot going on, and, and it just... It just didn't hit her because she's so stressed out and overwhelmed. Yeah. So I think in a way, Johnny is like, hey, I'll I'll come over to uh, Los Angeles and I'll watch him for like the week or whatever. Right. Right. I think it's initially like a week. So he yeah. goes there finally and meets him. And Jesse's like a pretty unique kid, I think. I guess that's the way to put it. He's very eccentric. Super and, eccentric. And spirited. Yeah. yeah. He has kind of some quirks, I would say. He's very over imaginative. He's very. He's got a very active imagination, and which maybe leads because like his mom's a teacher and his dad's an uh, a composer, right? Yeah. So maybe that leads to it. I guess. Yeah, I guess that's kind of they're kind of like he's a creative kid. Yeah. And he he kind of creates scenarios where like he role plays as like an orphan. <laughs> it's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does this <laughs> ritual every weird. night where he he pretends he's an orphan that's been abandoned that gets treated badly and is is pretty much just just seeking love and it, i think basically the movie is painting that like as a coping me- mechanism it of, is right of, is that what that was i i think so i think it's it's a lot of his fears of feeling abandoned because his father isn't around it, yeah his mother works a lot and um you know kids kids can be very creative and imaginative so I, that, that's kind of how i took it that's probably not it but yeah. Um, it, it definitely makes him a very sympathetic character because of that. Yeah. And as you know, Johnny is himself doesn't like to talk about his own life. Mm-mm. He's very closed off cause he, he, he hints that he had like a really big love at one time and then they broke it off and he obviously has never like recuperated from that. And early on him and Jesse, Relatable. <laughs> Jesus Christ, him and Jesse kind of. Forge, they forge a bond to a point to the yeah. like it's kind of like it's almost like that honeymoon stage in the beginning like everything's perfect we're awesome yeah right? they be because there is no long-term commitment and it's kind of like you know it's, it's yeah. not my kid you know everything's fun after like a week said. i'm i'm out of here anyways right it, yeah yeah but uh as you find out viv is experiencing a lot of shit with paul because Paul decides to just dip on her, actually. <laughs> so, to clarify, we're we're kind of shitting on him, and we're not we're not shitting on anybody with no, 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 no. Of course anything, not. It's Paul, just Paul. Paul well, he, has two he, lines in the whole movie. So yeah, fuck yeah. Well, it's it's Scoop McNary himself. It's, <laughs> he keeps talking about getting checks from Mr. Wayne. I don't know what it means. 
but he's not getting paid, and he just keeps he, sending him he back. He can't even piss standing up anymore. But uh, anyway, he he suffers from, and not to make light of this, but he, he has uh, bipolar. Yeah, he's, he's suffering pretty badly, too. Like, he's yeah. on and off, like... That's why he's in Oakland. Like he's just he kind of just disappeared on his family, right? Right, and he's uh, he's been I don't know if he's been in treatment or not, but he's been trying to cope with it. His his ex Viv has been trying to help him out because she still cares, obviously. Yeah, it's you know the father of her son and her her son obviously Jesse wants to see his dad, so it's it's kind of rough to kind of see him kind of struggle with this you know mental issue and in, in, there's a um, scene where he's like talking to a doctor and he's like very specific on things and it's it's really sad because it's yeah. like a lot of people with those kind of issues are very like paranoid too and yeah you can see it and it, it's 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 conveyed with as few as words and lines that he has it's conveyed pretty well yeah like it it ends um scumadary it's all the shit we're talking like he does a great he's a good actor. job he, no, he does a great performance good. of it um, even like I like the scene you're talking about, James, where he's talking to his doctor. And he's like he, super specific. Like I need to take this, this, and then the guy's like, "All right." And that's that shit's fuck. fucking true. If you've ever taken any type of a mental health medicine or anything, if that if they screw that shit up, it'll fuck your brain up so bad, and and it really is the scariest sensation. So, like they they do a good job at at relaying that feeling, and it seems strange to other people, but it makes sense to him. And I think that that scene, even though it's short, was filmed very well. So eventually Viv basically tells him like, hey, can you watch him for like another week? And Johnny's getting a lot of pressure to go to New York to continue his interviews. So in a way, he kind of convinces his sister like, hey, let me just bring him with. And He's like, hey, it's going to be a good idea. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of not. I mean, kinda, he kind of asks his nephew first, Jesse. And yeah, then he like, asks, what would you think? I'm like, stop being the Joker for five minutes, man. What are you doing? Let's fight the Batman together. <laughs> he brings the gun with him. <laughs> We'll kill them both. <laughs> uh, anyways, Viv lets him go. He goes back to New York City, right? And Jesse is, um, they kind of they get along for the first month for the most part, and it's just, yeah. I think though that Johnny gets overwhelmed because like he gives him sugar at night, and he realizes that's not a thing that you should do with kids. He he starts to really struggle with the parenthood aspect of it and realizes, mm-hmm. shit, I've never been a father. Yeah, he's like, this and is over his head. He's calling his sister all the time. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, they're little shit sometimes. And, and just, J- Jesse challenges him a lot because, you know, he's away from his parents and he's like, oh, you know. I'll get away with shit. Yeah. And and he's he's really testing this relationship to a T like a lot of kids do. Like I grew up with kids small kids in my family too they really do do that shit and it, i think they did a really good job at conveying that I think, yeah too, and, like. and showing the struggles of knowing like what it is to be a parent a parent what it is to raise a kid and, and learn these things and fail and man and Johnny he fails a lot fails too. yeah a lot i mean there's a scene where he's at a convenience store and they're buying a toothbrush and Jesse basically disappears on him. He just turns over the corner. I mean, first off, don't be leaving your kids alone in New York, right? Yeah. <laughs> Always keep your eye on him. And then he's like, where is it? Then he finds him, and then he snaps on him. He, he paints the fucking Joker makeup on himself, and he fucking you know, he does, does the, the song. smile. <laughs> <laughs> he starts dancing on the stairs, and he loses his fucking mind. Kicking water and shit. No, um, so then, you know, that's one of the big ones, and then he... Talks to Viv about like, hey, like that they scared each other. And then he, you know, he later he apologizes. Yeah. yeah, which is fine. I mean, once again, like Marco said, this is a a really good sign of showing how like somebody fails and how you learn from that failure. And yeah, and it it it, it does a a great job at at building their relationship and making it feel real and true because that's really how bonds and relationships are formed and forged. It's not. It's not always happy-go-lucky, you know, shit. Like, sometimes shit hits the fan, and, and it's how you you two get through those those situations that helps you, like, grow the relationship. So Yeah, which is really well done. Um, this leads them to kind of, uh, they bond again over this, and this is where it's revealed about how uh, Viv and Johnny stopped talking for a while because of their mother's dementia and how they dealt with that. How they had, you know, different ways of trying to deal with, like we talked about earlier, and Johnny rules about his long-term relationship with the woman that he's basically still in love with. Um, 
this then leads then because Johnny's getting more and more pressure to uh, continue his interviews, and this time it would be New Orleans, and he doesn't want to take Jesse with him because Jesse's getting homesick and all this, so he gets him a ticket to go back to L.A., and on the way to the airport, Jesse's like, I gotta poop. So, like, they stop, <laughs> they go to, like, a bathroom, but then Jesse locks himself inside. And he basically just kind of reveals to him that like, he doesn't want to fucking leave, right? So he's like, hey, like, let me go with you, and he's sorry. And they kind of kind of make up at this point, I'd say. It's one yeah. of those things where they both realize, they're like, yeah, I guess. You know, like, fuck it. They have another little misunderstanding or word I, th- I feel like, like he's it's abandoning like, him and yeah i feel like it's because johnny himself i mean there's these are two lonely people like johnny's just yeah. as lonely as jesse and i think they do a good job of showing that yeah. early on especially the fact that he's interviewing kids to learn about what they think of the future he's so out of it like he's like oh this is a new concept to me and i thought they did a good i thought joaquin Phoenix did a really good job like this i think so too he's uh he's very talented he does a, a good job at portraying the realism and uh and making you really like connect with these characters. I should think about young, life too. The young actor Woody Norman, who played Jesse, man, he did a great fucking job too. I was impressed. I don't know I how know. they found this kid, but I was uh, yeah. Marco hates if, kids. If, by if the way. you if kid you listen to if you've listened to this pod by now, kid actors, man, I judge them harshly. Ninety percent of the time, they suck. I there's the Macaulay Culkin spectrum. Okay, that's what I hold you accountable to. I'm just kidding, but Jesus, <laughs> that's the top. Yeah, it's all home that. alone and down from here. Okay. Yeah. Jesus Christ. No, but he did a great job. It was man. It, it it was all it was all natural. It felt natural, and it felt like these two really were like they, family the, members. The chemistry that, between the two was really well done too. Yeah. yeah. And that shows like he takes him to New Orleans, right? And then from this point. It goes. It goes pretty well from this point, and him and uh, Jesse bond really well. For some reason, Johnny like passes out during a parade. I thought they were gonna make a yeah. deal of that, <laughs> I dude. Like, I was like, fuck? is he? Dude, at first I was like, is he sick too? Like, what the fuck is going on? I think he was just exhausted, and it looked like it's humid as hell down there. And he's like, he just yeah, uh, he fainted. And they talk about it like, like the fear of like, am I gonna get like what my dad has? Because he br- Jesse brings it up to Johnny, and Johnny's like, no, because. Um, he he tells him something about like Viv has taught him how to deal with his emotions better, and yeah. they he even reads like a book earlier on about like proper way to like tell someone like you're sorry in a way like like to a kid. I thought so that understand. was really fucking awesome that he bought a parenting book. Yeah, and or well he didn't buy buy it but he was, was reading on was his reading, phone. Yeah. yeah, on on how to you know talk to to children and and learn more to make them reassured that like hey like this is the what this was the problem this is why it was like yep. this uh if i had a man like that again let's let me know your feelings and it's kind of like more like of a better approach than like smacking a kid across the head i guess yeah exactly so i was like oh okay and then i would say the climax of it all is really them finding out that viv is kind of come back uh paul had two nights okay i guess the doctor's like he's good get him out of here he, I think they said that he he was finally going to join a program. Yeah, and the to, and the med- really medicine was actually helping him out. Yeah, it's going to help him cope with his mental health issues and actually help him and treat him, which I thought was really awesome. And then probably my one of my favorite scenes in the movies when uh, so Jesse hears about it and he gets really sad, you know. So he runs, oh, he kind of runs through this park and Johnny follows him and he's basically telling him it's okay not to be happy, like you don't have to be happy. And they have a scene mm-hmm. where they kind of just let all their emotions out. They both scream and then they just ended with laughter yeah. like a little like lead into it because like it's so it's just about life like i was even talking about it before like there's no reason to stress over stupid shit right so fuck it so it's like it's, ha- it's okay to not be okay sometimes yeah exactly yeah. this is the way of life right and jesse is like well what if I, i'm gonna forget you and all this stuff and then Johnny pretty much promises him that, hey, I'm going to stay in touch with you guys. And then eventually he, at the very end of the movie, he starts recording exactly what they did just to, so that he, you know, what he promised. He's never going to forget that whole yeah. experience pretty much. So that, that was really cool that Jesse yeah. was also fond of the recording equipment too. And he was learning how to yeah, use it. Yeah, he learns how to use it, which is and, pretty cool. Yeah, and he had a big interest for it and was recording. I, th- I thought that was really touching too. Definitely. So... I think there's a really good message here overall with the movie about life, growing up, things in the future, and 
your own emotions, kind of your view on just about everything, I think, you know? Yeah. But it does a good job with it, and it's one of those movies where... I didn't. I like the pacing for the most part. It was it was like an hour forty, but I thought it was paced really well. I yeah, I wasn't bored at all watching no. this movie. And I mean, it's not an action movie; it's a pure drama. And it was more lighthearted than I thought it would be. By the way, yeah, more yeah. feel good. I it thought was, it was going to be hella depressing. I was like, this is about to be hella depressing. It, it was well balanced, and I think it is a very good metaphor of life, where you know, there's the bad, there's the good, but overall. Like it's a great experience and it's it's something that's totally worthwhile and which is which now that I found out when I was writing this up that Mike Mills directed this the same guy that did Twentieth Century Women I was like this makes a lot of sense because I thought that was a very touching film as well like yeah with a lot of messages about growing up and the people around you how they affect who you become and such is you know eventually the man you become you know but this one was more so a bond between a guy and his nephew and it, I thought it was really well done uh, what would you rate it Marco? On our five star section, uh, just hands down a five star for me. I, I connected very well with this movie. It's it it really captured and captivated me. I would definitely watch again. I want to watch it again. Ooh, nice. I highly recommend it. I think it's it's worth uh, a watch, especially because of the the topics that it that it goes over. And spoiler alert: it's probably an uprunner for my movie of the year. Nice, man. Nice. Um, I would give it a four out of five. That is my rating for it. I think it was excellent. Highly recommend giving it a look. It is one of those movies you don't want to miss. This is definitely going to be on a lot of 2021 um, top lists, I think, by the end of the year. So, Agreed. Uh, any closing thoughts on this one, Marco? No. I mean, for the most no. part, I mean, we kind of said everything, really. So. Yeah. Uh, I think the new the format we're used today changes it a bit. That's why I was like, yeah, we're a little loosey goosey. I think that when Bruce Wayne finds out (laughs) that uh, (laughs) I think Superman deserves to pay for his medical bills when he He finds finds out he's not getting the checks, he's like, what the fuck? I've been sending him. (laughs) Who's been returning him? When that Lex Luthor character showed up forty minutes into the movie, I got a little concerned. (laughs) <laughs> the fuck is this guy doing here he's like what if i paid for your new wheelchair <laughs> he had the wheelchair laced with lead L- lined with lead yeah superman like, didn't see it no. sorry we if anyone <laughs> only wa- re- listen to this for the come on come on review they're like what are these fucking idiots talking yeah. about also supplementary watch batman v superman underneath what does that mean <laughs> you have to watch it to understand our review please for the love of god watch it <laughs> alright guys so that is the end of the pod me and Marco had a fun time here today thanks for listening thanks for all the feedback response and reviews Marco tell me how they can reach us check us out on Facebook Twitter or Instagram at moviepalspod make sure to share subscribe and leave us a comment some of you have been talking to us uh, really quick. I uh, just want to welcome back to the IG LR Farm Designs. Glad you're back, buddy. Glad you're doing videos. Big friend of the pod. Uh, also, big, big shout out to uh, Tim Chan Official. We really appreciate the shout out. And uh, you listen to us on Spotify. Really awesome. Go check them out on uh, Instagram. Don't miss a thing. Also, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, <laughs> and all the other platforms, That's like, yep, there you yeah, smash that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. I know this one's a little loosey-goosey. We're trying something a little different. James and I smashed a beer or two, but hey, it helps. If this is your first time... <laughs> <laughs> this is your first time listening to the pod. Welcome. Thank you. Again, this is kind of a different loose format that we're doing. We're trying something new, you know, close to the end of the year. Why not? The bill should be back by next pod. Hopefully. We'll I, find I mean, I would highly doubt he'd miss Spider-Man, <laughs> which by the way, spoiler, our next pod podcast number 114 is going to be Spider-Man. No way home. As well as listen to this. The final Studio Ghibli film. We're doing it. When Marnie was there from 2014, which is meaning that we will have a little discussion of all Ghibli films instead of our what we're watching. So we're going to have we'll, a little breakdown. Me and James might do this live again. We'll have a little special dinner. Yeah. 
that ramen. So until then, guys, this is James. And Marco. Have a good one.